Greetings, ladies and mandelgents, and welcome to this latest episode of Tales from Outer outer Space, taken from the subreddit HFY. The links to all the stories will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider subscribing. Otherwise, a marauding interdimensional ravaging horde of sentient cheese just may be paying you a visit later. Story number one, Cosmic Art Installation, Humanity. The gallery was a buzz as it always was when a new installation opened its doors. Collectors and curators flocked to the space station in droves, eager to see and perhaps purchase some of the elusive items the company's latest expedition had uncovered. They would be the first to get a peek at the art of a civilization that may have existed far before the time and, should they have packed enough credits, they may even be able to get themselves the holder of a genuine replica, courtesy of the Cosmic Art Recovery Corporation's master analysis and grassman. While critical voices smeared the pieces as uh, but a replica, the culture classes appreciated them for what they were the only copies that they would ever see in the light of day. The original file tucked away safely in the servers of the corporation, protected by the state of the art security systems and a private fleet that certainly was nothing to sneeze at. What did it matter that it was but a copy, as the masses claimed? It was the copy made by the hands of the most talented craftsmen in the entire galaxy. For that reason, one could even say that, if anything, that it was more of a collector's item than the original. But, while the server's security might have been top-notch, it seemed the installation security was less so. A janitor had sneaked some pictures of the stunning art pieces for the world to see. While the incident had drawn mockery from the unknown masses, a smile on the corporation's representative's face suggested that perhaps, while the janitor might have lost his job, he might just be richer than before. So, with an enthusiasm stoked by the glimpse of artworks that they had already gotten, they had gathered, waiting for the representative to cut the red tape and guide through the halls, and while perhaps the companies were embroiled in a bitter trade war, today they all stood united in the appreciation of the arts. The anticipation was palpable as minutes turned to seconds and seconds slowly ticked down. Nervous glances wandered all over the gold-embroidered letters displaying the subject of the installation. Humans. As the well-groomed representative lifted the golden scissors and cut the tape, a small sigh of release washed over the crowd, only to be replaced with a new tension as the large polished metal doors were opened, sliding smoothly to reveal a palace of arts within. Every last person walked slowly. They wanted to rush inside, but dignity forbade them. So they followed the representative, their eyes glancing around the room as they spoke of their excitement in hushed whispers. Ladies and gentlemen, the representative opened up his arms towards the crowd. We've all come together here in appreciation of the finest pieces of art. What I have the pleasure of presenting to you today is the recreations of the most famed artworks in the species known as humanity, painstakingly recreated by the hands of our master craftsmen to be as authentic as possible. His voice seemed to echo through the room as he spoke. 
two young women stood at first frame, waiting for the man's command to pull down the cloth that blanketed the artwork beneath. Before I introduce the species to you, I wish to unveil our first work of art as it pertains to them. He turned to the woman. If you please. In perfect synchronization, they tugged the string and the fabric grinding down softly and soundlessly to reveal what lay beneath. Oohs and ahs echoed through the room as the crowd was gazed at the alien specimen in admiration. Its limbs were stretched wide as its gaze at the viewer. His body, framed by both a square and circle, at first glance it seemed as if the creature had some four arms and four limbs, but, on closer inspection, one could see the hallmarks of a detailed anatomical drawing, each muscle carefully proportioned and each line drawn with deliberation. Writing was placed above and below the drawing. Was it integrated? The top of the circle seemed to indent into the writing. How peculiar. Humans or humanity, as they called their species, was a civilization that uh, regrettably went extinct about three millennia before our probes first discovered their colonies. They had reached the early space age and were sending out their first expansion to the other planets when, uh, unfortunately, a gamma ray burst destroyed their home planet and a vast majority of the population. The remaining colonies held out for several decades, but couldn't sustain themselves indefinitely. Regrettable. The room was silent. The Grassari looked downright shocked. Their civilization had entered an early space age around the same time. It was a great reminder of the own mortality. How quickly and erratically death comes and claims lives. Piercing through the silence, the representative continued... What you see before you is a Viterian man, courtesy of one of their greatest minds. He lived during the Age of Discovery, when their people first set sail in the oceans to discover new lands. Yet, even then, some of his visions included early planes for rotor-based air travel. Another wave of amazement flowed through the crowd. These humans, could they have stood beside them if they had survived? Might they have pulled the galaxy from the technological stagnancy it had found itself in now? A myriad of scenarios floated in everyone's mind, like thin and elusive fog, whispering of untold futures. It became a symbol of progress and the reclamation of what was lost. His continent, having recently emerged from a period of regress, while under the tyrannical clerical rule... The representative looked at the panzer faces. All of the attendees seemed to be deep in thought. Some seemed downright sad. We shall now start the bidding. The attendees looked up. A drawing that was very simple, ink on paper stained and grainy. Yet, it held something powerful within. The man's fierce gaze seemed to stare straight into their hearts. His chiseled features spoke defiance, even after his species had fallen. Twenty-five, thirty, forty-five, sixty-five. And so the first auction of the day ended. The genuine replica of the genius's drawing on paper sold for sixty-five million credits. They could only guess what the rest would bring. As the representative brought them to the next piece of the exhibition, another two women ready and attention, the sheet covering another large frame. While humans had several schools of realism, they also had a multitude of surrealist depictions of reality, 
and their imagination over their species' short lifespan. In comparison of previous work, this is the figure danced here for Tullier, the figure in a chair. As if on cue, the woman pulled out the sanguine cloth, taking painstaking care that their clothes didn't tear the fabric. What the visitors beheld was a dark picture of crude rendition of a man in the artwork they had seen before. But this man was daintier. That much was apparent. Even though the artwork consisted entirely of cubes and rectangles all coming together to form an art so fine and elegant, even the ignorant masses wouldn't have been able to deny its brilliance. The dark hues of blue and the grey were constrained by the light shades of metallic chrome and steely silver. Each line seemed like a full three-dimensional sticking out towards the viewer and throwing a shadow onto the human frame in the center. The lines were harsh, but also fine in just exactly the right places, bending slightly with curves and while the simple geometric forms obfuscated the subject. The coloring and the gradients made it stick out from the background better than any harsh black outline could have ever done. It seemed like a delicate artwork made of folding paper, somehow ethereal as it would fade and crumble to dust when touched, despite the metallic gleam. It was marvelous. The guide had been watching the crowd waiting for their agape mouths to close before he brought their attention back to him by speaking up again. No, even then some were too entrapped to even pay him any heed. Humans were a dimorphic species. Some of the gentlemen, not having connected the dots already, gave a small hum of realization. Depicted here is a female of their species, unclothed, a common subject to draw. It seems the humans had a propensity for nudity in their art. It was an early rendition of an art form of cubism, painted with oil on canvas the brush guided by the pioneer of the field himself. Even later during his life, he continued to evolve his art. But this, as an earlier rendition, still adheres to the lighting and pose of the classical human notions of a portrait, though its brilliance in warping those traditional notions cannot be questioned. The assembled slowly nodded, some still gazing at the picture. None would be able to deny the artwork's brilliance. None would be able to deny the fine taste of the man possessing it. The artist was named... The guide stopped for a second, rousing the attention of the assembled, before taking a deep breath and continuing. Pablo, Diego, Jose, Francisco, de Paolo, Jean, Vermusino, Mario, de los Remedios, Cipriano, de la Santissima, Trinidad, Ruiz, y Picasso. Or Pablo Picasso, as he was more commonly known. A few of the finest gentlemen, known for their unlimited composure, had to stumble back as the man in front of them had said the artist's name. The humans, as refined as they had been, seemingly hadn't applied their allegiance to their names. He was born in the year 1881 in the human calendar, and died in 1973. In the year of his birth, the first public building in the entirety of human history to be fully illuminated by electricity opened its doors. In the year of his death, humanity sent out three probes towards three other planets of the solar system and establishing its first orbital station. Perhaps it was this marvelous speed of innovation that fueled his spirits of revolutionized the arts. Sadly, we'll never know. Gasps spread throughout the assembly of the cultured men and women. With the meteoric rise in technology, 
It was beyond even their wildest imaginations. Some hearts were filled with awe, others with sorrow at the loss to the galaxy that they had experienced unbeknownst to them all. Over the course of his life, he saw the entirety of the world engulfed by flames of war, twice, leaving the city occupied by one of the most brutal and bloodthirsty regimes that humanity had ever seen. The detonation of two nuclear devices and the start of a long period of constant fear, living in the shadow of total destruction as the press of a button, as two superpowers loomed at the edge of war. He also saw a great period of economic prosperity, followed by an even greater period of economic collapse, so severe that, through several channels, it even caused the sandstorms to ravage the plains and cities of one of the world's leading nations. He truly lived in the pivot of human history, and despite the challenges, or perhaps because of them, he, like the rest of humanity, persevered and continued to revolutionize his art. At his word, another artwork materialized behind him, taking its place on the wall. Nobody had noticed the woman had already taken a position there. They had been too entrapped with the story of the artist. Today, we present to you two artworks which we auctioned together. While the one you have just seen was created in 1910, the one we shall present to you today was created in 1937, as the world came even closer to the tipping point that would begin the Second World War. As the cloth was pulled and fell to the floor, an entirely different kind of artwork compared to the first was unveiled. Bright yellows, greens, and blues dominated the motive, and the shadowing was no longer an elegant gradient, but harsh and thick. It too had adapted to the style of cubism. The attendees couldn't help but feel the grin spreading across their faces. There was a logical conclusion to the yard form. Even the curved sections curved as geometric forms, as circles fluently leaving into the lines and rectangles. The curvature no longer existed in a contrast to the human forms. The curvature had become seamlessly blended into them. It was not just the shading that had changed, but so had the posture and the manner of the depiction. The painted woman had shifted and deformed though great care had been taken that her features remained identifiable. And what was the logical conclusion of the picture seemingly three-dimensional? The picture actually becoming three-dimensional, shifting arts around through abstraction to allow the view and expression hidden by the classical notion of perspective. Brilliant. The more the gentlemen thought, the bigger their smiles on their faces became. No one would ever be able to deny their taste. Some already started to check the contents of their accounts and contacting their company executives to sell some of their assets, so that they would be able to one-up the competition. Others were frowning, trying to gauge how many art pieces would be presented. The exhibition always lasted several days, with the most brilliant pieces on display at the advent of the first and the end of the last. Who could tell what was more mysterious forms of art humanity had invented? and would they be able to outbid their competitors when the time came? The guide smiled, seeing the beads of sweat slowly forming on the attendee's fur. It was time to continue. Clearing his throat, he turned his attention back to him. The Weeping Woman is the spiritual successor to the most famous painting, Jerenica, displaying the horrors of civil war raging in his country, which shall be displayed at a later date, along with other influential artworks of war.
He painted it after his mother wrote to him, speaking of the smoke from the burning city making her eyes water. As a response, he tried to create a single universal image of a human suffering. The model for the image was a woman called Dora Ma, his mistress for eight years. He painted her in various guises and situations and is recorded to have said, For me, she's the weeping woman. For years, I've painted her in tortured forms. Not through sadism, and not with pleasure either. Just obeying a vision that forced itself on me. It was a deep reality, not a superficial one. Dora, for me, was always a weeping woman. And it's important, because women are suffering machines. When the holographic display for the auction flickered to light, the gentlemen, known for their utmost dignity, cried out, Ninety! Ninety-five! One hundred and ten! One hundred and thirty! Two hundred and ten! The room quieted as the attendees shifted their eyes to the man that had spoken. The man who had spoken was leaning on a cane. His eyes glazed, but burning with a fierce determination, as he kept his eyes in the painting. It was useless to continue building. He was by far the richest of them all, and the fire in his eyes made it certain that he would acquire the paintings one way or another. And so, the second and third pieces had been auctioned, the pieces already having surpassed those of the most coveted works in the last auction. With that, the group continued down the halls, down a long stretch without any artworks on the walls. Curious whispering was starting just as they reached a gigantic hall in the center of which was constituted a large wall of red cloth, almost as big as the one that had obfuscated the gigantic Lesrat etchings of the crystalline cave a few years ago. Just back then, the attendees beheld a large cloth curiously. What could be hiding behind it? A collection of items, statues, a large mural, okay paintings like they had once been. What broke them from their reverie was a voice of the company representative. It was when they heard the echo of his words that they realized how far the room stretched out above them. Over time, humanity developed a multitude of religions. In fact, it seems that even during modern times, religion held much sway over the society and their leaders. Our next piece consists of a multitude of so-called fresco, a type of mural created with wet lime and plaster. As such, with the setting of the plaster, the mural becomes an integral part of the wall. With a nod, the two assistants, they pulled off the veil, and they plunged the attendants into confusion, as they stared at what seemed to several dozen pieces of wall, crammed together closely. They couldn't even see the most of the art pieces. Their confusion soon turned to amazement, however, as, in the front of their eyes, the large blocks of stone started to lift, floating silently as if pulled alongside invisible strings. Even the esteemed gentlemen famed for the seemingly infinite composure couldn't help but suppress their gasps as each of the pieces of wall danced through the air, nimbly dodging each other and passing over the attendees. It seemed like an eternity, though it would take an instant for a piece to have arrived in the proper place. Filling the space around them, to their right, to their left, in front of them, and behind them. Yes, even high above them in a marvelous artworks were displayed. They stood in a dome made of art. Countless humans filled the lavishly created scenes, some fighting battles, others cowering in fear. Some of the humans even had wings unfloating in clouds. A chapel, someone whispered. Indeed, the only man capable of holding his composure replied. 
as if on command, the pillars, walls, and statues flickered into existence, filling the space between the pieces. Ladies and gentlemen, you are standing in the recreation of the Sistine Chapel. While neither the biggest nor the most lavish of the houses of worship, this was the chapel of the residence of a man holding the title of their God's representatives. These pieces were created by many different artists and came into existence at around the same time as our earlier piece and too became a symbol of our era. These pieces depict key parts of their holy book, yet also include subtle criticisms of the corruption in the ranks of the exalted priesthood. The lights all around them dimmed, yet after a few moments the light illuminated their surroundings looking around. They could see that the light seemed to be falling through the holographic windows, beyond which they could see the projection of a blue light. Humanity seemed to have been innately drawn to religion and spirituality. The earliest, briefest systems formed around beasts of the wild, or spirits, or ghosts. In entities possessing all the things that gave them their life or special properties, Though, curiously, some isolated parts of the world never did develop a theory of a god or spirituality and, when introduced, couldn't even comprehend the concept. Later on, domains of the world were attributed to their own god. With intricate stories and myriads of interactions connecting the pantheons together, as they were adopted, rejected, and slowly altered over time. The attendees could hear his voice through the earpiece that they wore. It was clear invitation to wander and explore the halls of the one sacred place. Later, the monotheism spread, centralizing the power of divinity in one single entity that was said to be all-benevolent, all-knowing, and all-powerful. The attendees were roaming from artwork to artwork. In themselves, they weren't special, though certainly impressive. But it was a story that they told that made them valuable. There were men with rings over their head and white feathered wings descending in masses. A man with a cloud was extending his finger to another, and somewhere further down another man was nailed to a cross. Some people were joyously and decadently living above the clouds, while others were being boiled alive and pierced by spears in burning wastelands. It was brutal, as religion often tended to be. Religion spread through the world through the missionaries at war. The head of the church for a long time, being more powerful than the heads of state. However, after a corruption of the church during the height of their power, and with the invention of the printing press, the holy book was translated and spread amongst the people, allowing them to read and see for themselves the message of the priesthood was preaching. The result was a brutal and bloody rebellion that culminated in three decades of war, with ever-changing alliances and borders. Every artwork had a small holographic node to interact with, projecting the information about the story depicted and the details of the artwork directly into the retina of the observer. It appeared that the religious text originated from one old part, and with two major world religions adding in a second part, fulfilling the first one's prophecies, while another belief system remained steadfast in there hadn't been a messiah yet. They had been brutally persecuted whatever they went, and the others gained tractions. In modern times, their holy land in their possession with the state surrounding them, harboring genocidal hatred for them. Human societies possessed a theory that religion was both a societal and evolutionary benefit for the tribes that had it.
serving as both a system of ultimate and impartial justice and giving a rough moral framework, with transgressions being severely punished even with no one observing the crime, thus encouraging moral action and trust between members of the community, while simultaneously explaining natural phenomena and bringing the tribe together as one, fostering and strengthening the bonds between them. Theories of evolutionary ethics add to the fear of the unknown, of the darkness itself, was hardwired into the humans as a species that spent a long time in conflict with predators of their lands, constantly searching for information to fill the gaps in their perception of the world, thus providing another factor next to the societal benefit that resulted in the propensity for evolution and ethics being selected for. As the presenter continued to impart information, a timer at the center of the room slowly ticked down as the representatives continued to impart information. The time was given ample, and the concern etched on some of the attendees' faces disappeared. Even with the rise of science, religion remained a powerful force, though it was forced to adapt to the cultural and political notions, losing ever more power of the individual. The voices of doubters also became louder and louder, now observed in the most countries and the boundaries between religion and politics becoming ever stronger. Of course, there was pushback, countless terrorist cells being formed, trying to resurrect the glory of a religion and beating back the foreign invaders in their lands. One of them inevitably provoked a decade-long war, the repercussions of which were still unfolding when humanity disappeared. But more on war later... For now, feel free to explore. We will provide food and drinks. The artworks will be individually put on auction digitally later in the day. We are in no rush. As his words, pedestals filled with small banquet food and drink emerged from the ground, to the sound of grateful gentlemen and women, with their throats having become dry from salivating so much at the prospect of attaining one of these artifacts of culture. For the interested, there was another pedestal with an assortment of holy books of humanity, all originating from different parts and cultures of what had once been humanity's home world. Some picked one up right away and used it as a companion book while they took the look towards the artwork. Others only turned them when their eyes had been sufficiently sated. Slowly, reading through the annotations behind every passage, explaining how their interpretation had evolved over time. They were not just standing in the work of art, they were standing in a work of history. Some of them already had plans of recreating the entirety of the building on their private colonies. Perhaps even the ever so noisily complaining masses would come to appreciate this effort of cultural restoration. Attached to the copies were also pictures of other buildings of faith. Some built over a span of hundreds of years, though nothing more than manual labor. Spires proudly sticking out into the sky as if to display the conquest of the natural world. Even if there had been a bit of a cultural regressive, humanity's ambition couldn't have been expressed more clearly than these buildings did. How fickle life and how cruel the universe was. When they left the room, late morning had already turned into later afternoon. The representatives had formally announced the purpose of the first day to give a broad overview of humanity and the cultures it encompassed. It was the same purpose that the second day had, and the third. While he hadn't stated it outright, he might as well have said, if they needed three days to establish the fact that humanity and its arts, their collection was more extensive than any other that they had the pleasure to display before. 
The gentleman and woman only hoped that there would be enough time between the auctions for them to accrue enough wealth to avoid bankruptcy in the second. Though, of course, bankruptcy was preferable to the humiliation of not being able to acquire one of the slightly prized art pieces or not attending at all. The guide led them through another hallway. With every meter they walked, the sound of their steps grew more and more muffled. The attendees quieted as they listened to the clacking of their boots growing quieter and quieter until they vanished entirely and only silence remained. With that, the guide stopped and turned around, still in the middle of a hallway. They chatted amongst themselves, wondering what could trump the bombastic arm pieces that they'd seen before. Theories were ranging from fusion of all of the arts and others simply postulating that it could be something that they couldn't ever imagine in the first place, so debating it wouldn't make any sense at all. What broke them from their reverie was the sudden darkness that engulfed them. There was an absolute silence for a few seconds, as the lights turned back on, one after another. Now, not a warm orange, but a cold and unfeeling white. In their light, they could now see the photographs and murals covering the walls. It seemed that the darkness had been used to mask them being brought in. Excitement mounted, the chatter grew again. However, they were interrupted by the voice of the representative. It was low and subdued, even lower than when he had first talked about the human's extinctions. His masterful control of his voice instantly drawing their attention to him. While every species has their wars, few species have had them so bloody as humanity. I have already talked about two wars that they waged, encompassing the entirety of their world. Just two decades from each other. The man stopped for a moment. Even after all of his rehearsals, he couldn't help but hesitate at what he was about to say. The first of these had casualties exceeding 19 million, the second up to 85 million, 3% of the total population at the time. That was impossible, 3%. The attendees stumbled back in shock. That was too many. Imagining the conflict on the scales of the trillions of individuals, it made the shiver run down their spine. Some of the more far-sighted dared direct their gaze to the photographs. What they saw made them gag. Emaciated children running from the flames of a forest, legs pierced by spears covered in fecal matter. Children laying in freshly dug graves and a single bullet put through their skull. However, not just the magnitude, but also the cruelty of their military conflicts was without equal. Our next pieces represent said cruelty. It is a collection of murals encompassing 82 prints titled The Disasters of War, a series of 47 photographs from the so-called Vietnam War. The photographs taken after the liberation of the concentration camps during the so-called Second World War and other conflicts. A group of armed men smiling and posing for a photo, the dismembered head of another man dangling in front of them as a trophy. A lone man kneeling in his gaze directed at the camera. In front of him is a small trench, filled with corpses. Behind him is a group of men observing as another put a pistol to the man's skull, soon making him join his family. Burnt flesh, corpses dangling from trees, sacks and jackets over their heads. A man looking down at the corpse of a child. A burning vehicle on the crumbling city in the background. A father cradling a child without a lower body. You may feel free to look at the artworks. They too will be sold later tonight. Should you feel unwell, just walk further down the hallway. 
There will be a personal assistant waiting for you, ready to take you to your rooms. With that, the representative departed. Not even he could stand to be in the vicinity of such cruelty, leaving behind the attendees the mind roaming. One after another, they followed the representative, fleeing from the gruesome signs of humanity's history. A few remained to truly take in what was presented to them. Genius! Ambition! Defiance! Chaos. They all recalled the steely gaze of the man in the artwork that had been first sold. Was it one of defiance or calm facade hiding a bloodthirsty monster? That night, once they had all retired to their rooms, they laid awake, wondering for a long time. Perhaps it was a good thing that humanity hadn't reached the stars after all. End of story. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you did, please consider subscribing. If you wish to support the author, there is a link to the original story, so pop over there and give him your support. If you wish to support this channel, however, there are a few ways to do so. The best and easiest would be to share this video with other people, as well as liking, subscribing, and leaving a comment. All of these things tell the algorithm that this channel is at least vaguely interesting, and that may share it with other people. If you wish to support the channel in some other manner, watching my other videos would also help tremendously. Or, if you really, really, really like, there is a link down below to leave a tip or to join the Patreon. Any and all support is very much appreciated. And I hope that you all have a good one until the next time. And I'll see you then. Cheers.